to Season 2 of Granite State Golfers with Micah. I am an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well and have been able to squeeze some rounds in during the late fall. This episode features Laura Shanahan Rowe, who has had a remarkable career as an amateur and a professional. She is the longtime golf instructor at the Sagamore Golf Center. We discuss her late start in golf, but how quickly she got the bug and how fast she started competing and winning. Laura talks about her two New Hampshire State Am titles and winning the 2001 USGA Mid-Am the first time a golfer from New Hampshire won a national USGA event. We discuss her decision to turn pro and the success she found on the LPGA Legends Tour. We also discuss her 326-yard long drive. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Laura. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show today. Very happy to be here. Thank you, Micah. Um, Let's start... Back in time, where did you grow up? When did you start playing golf and who got you into the game? Uh, yeah, my starting golf was very late. Um, I wasn't introduced to the game of golf till I was like 19, 20 years old. Played a lot of sports throughout my life. But, you know, at that stage, there weren't a lot of options for for women. I grew up in um, Lowell, Massachusetts, in the inner city there. Um, and I happened to be dating somebody that said, have you ever tried golf? And and I said, no, and I took to it right away. So, um, it became an obsession very easily. (laughs) (laughs) It does. (laughs) What, um, when you, when you started playing in, in the Lowell area, what course or courses were you playing at? Yeah, well, there was Trollbrook. Um, that was the public golf course. It was mostly public golf courses, uh, and it wasn't too much uh, after that. I moved into Nashua, New Hampshire. So I played um, a lot of people. I don't know if they remember the Thunderbird. Uh, it was a little mighty, little part three course right on the border of Massachusetts and um, uh, New Hampshire, which was a blast to play. Uh, I played Green Meadows. Everybody knew Green Meadows. They had two 18-hole golf courses there. Um, Amherst Country, mostly the public golf courses in the area because uh, I wasn't from the country club set. Uh, I just played public golf with friends and, you know, essentially self-taught pretty much at the very beginning. And so it sounds like you took to the game quickly. How soon into picking up the game at 19 or 20? And you, you mentioned you got the bug. Were you Did you start playing in tournaments? What was that journey into the tournament scene like for you? Yeah, it, again, I'm I'm in that category that's very unique. Uh, I consider myself a late bloomer, I guess, especially when it comes to golf. You know, being introduced very late, most people, you know, they grow up around golf or uh, pick it up earlier. Um, I mean, I really took to it right away. I didn't start playing competitions because, um, again, I was a working, working person uh, just trying to make ends meet, trying to play golf. Uh, it wasn't until I was a financially more secure place that I started looking at competitions because 
I really played well, and I played against men a lot. The, the, the people that introduced me really forced me to play along with them. So I learned to, to try and keep up. That was always a big thing, you know, uh, being a female in a, and playing along with men. That was very important to do that, which I didn't find it very difficult because I, I had the gift of length right at the very beginning, probably because of my early uh, athletics. I was a baseball, softball player for, you know, and I always was uh, a strong hitter there. So I was able to pick it up. So it wasn't until maybe in my 30s, I really started doing a lot of amateur competitions uh, in the area, which, you know, I took to right away. I had a little bit of success right away. And it just kind of snowballed into looking at bigger things, more national things. Um, uh, I think other than local events and state events, the national ones probably started the 1990s. That's when it really started nationally. Okay. Let's uh, we'll, we'll dig into some of your wins. You've had some impressive wins as an amateur and then mm-hmm. after you turned professional, but in your amateur years, you won two stadium titles in 1999 and in 2002. Yep. Um, what do you remember about those victories? Where were those? Do you remember what courses you were uh, that you played at? Let's maybe talk about that first one in 99. Uh, the first one in 99, I believe that was, was that at Hanover? I think it was Hanover. Yeah, I played very, very well. For some reason, I can't remember where the second one was. Um, I know I had a couple of runner-ups where, um, one was in North Conway. Um, geez, I'm sorry. My memory is failing me for (laughs) where I won them. Hanover was one. Oh, Nashua Country Club. That's where it was. Yeah. Nashua Country Club. I believe that was the last one in 2002. In, in, Uh, in, in that set of years. So 9902 for the New Hampshire stadium titles. And then in reading about it in 2001, you became the first golfer from New Hampshire to win a USGA event when you captured the USGA Mid-Am title. Uh, so I'd yes. love to hear, love to hear about what you remember about that Mid-Am event. Yeah, that was that was a pretty special event. Um, it wasn't my first event I played in. I think I played it in the year before down in Atlanta, and I ended up in the top eight. Um, and I ended up losing, I got, I think I lost to the eventual winner that year, Alyssa Heron. Um, but the event uh, that I won was out in, um, um, Missouri in Eureka, beautiful golf course. Uh, I happened to beat, uh, one of the champions, Ellen Port, that was her home golf course. And, and, uh, so that was pretty exciting because I had her early in the matches, I want to say the third or fourth round and, uh, you know, knocking her off or winning the match against her really vaulted me in a great category to, to, to go forward and finish off. Uh, so that was a pretty exciting period, you know, and I didn't know anything about not having other winners uh, from New Hampshire. I know later on it happened uh, with the pleats and um, I think it was Austin. Um, gosh, the name yeah. escapes me. Yeah. Yes. 
And um, but that was that was a very exciting period because I also won the New England Amateur in that same period, two thousand one. So I think at the and in a one year period, I was the New Hampshire State Amateur Champion. I was the New England Amateur Champion and the USGA Mid Amateur Champion. I remember trying to qualify for the US Amateur, um, but I didn't make it that year. It was it was it was just that would have been a nice way to kind of get a grand slam of my own going. <laughs> and in, in 2000, after this great run here, um, in 2003, you end up being ranked 30th in the world amateur rankings. Um, what, when did you turn professional and, and what was your thought process about deciding to become a professional? Yeah, um, when I won the U.S. Um, GA Mid Amateur, you know, one of the things they want you to do is try to defend your title the next year. Um, I really was thinking about going professional right right after that. But, you know, having them recommend me trying to defend my title and the other thing that was dangled out there was uh, getting picked for the Curtis Cup team. Uh, which would have been a thrill of a lifetime to represent the country. It's kind of like the Ryder Cup format for for the amateurs. Yeah, uh, I had to stay amateur the following year in order to do that. So it made sense, you know, to defend my title and possibly get picked for the Curtis Cup team. Um, well, neither one of those happened, so it was an easy decision. That's it. I'm going to go professional. <laughs> and uh, and then that was. That was the year I, I I first went to the Q school, the LPJ Q school. Oh, okay. Um, tell tell me about that experience at Q school. Yeah, I I the very first year, um, you know, I I I must admit I was playing well. I was all psyched up. Um, uh, I did not look past not qualifying, which was a stunner when I didn't qualify qualify for the 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 q school um it just seemed like the i did it four times and the four times that i did try and qualify happened to be uh, when the college uh college ranking students came and um, players came out and j- they just dominated everything if it was a year before i probably would have made it um just because of the scoring level just went substantially lower when you know all, all the powerhouses just kind of went out in a wave those those four times that I went and um you know that was I mean I was determined to keep trying but um it, it's it's a rather expensive experience so I decided I needed to to actually get a job <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know maybe make a little bit of money and, and attempt it a, another time um but as things have changed going forward after that I found that I had less time you know, as a working professional than I did when I wasn't a working professional. Right, right. So you you, you turned pro, you continued to have success. You won a couple of New England Women's Opens. And then yep. a tournament I'd love to hear about is that in 2008, you won the LPGA Professional National Championship that was held at Pinehurst number eight. Yes. So when I decided to get a job, it was to be a um, part of the LPGA at the time. It was called the TNCP, which is the Teaching and Club Professionals. You know, essentially, we do teaching. We run clubs, typically what you see a head pro do. Um, 
some people are more teachers and stuff, but I also uh, joined the Legends Tour at that time as well. I went out and qualified in 2005 for that. Um, so that was before the 2008 championship uh, that the LPGA Teaching Professional Division has. That was a, a great win, definitely, because there were some very strong players in that. You know, some of them were former tour players. Um, we have this event every single year. Uh, it was at a great golf course. I think it was Pinehurst number eight, not number two, which is just spectacular anyway. Um, so that was exciting to win that. I was I was extremely thrilled with that. Uh, but prior to that, being part of the Legends Tour, um, you know, I had to qualify on there. And I ended up finishing in the top 10 in the very first event, which got me in the next event. I ended up in a second place finish. And then another year I ended up in a third place finish. Uh, trying to win one of those events was always a goal, too. Um, so that never happened, but I stayed up high in the events to, to continue playing in those and continue playing in also the, um, you know, the teaching professionals championship as well. Wow. So there were these there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think all I was reading that you ended up finishing, um, you had seven top tens on the legends tour, which is quite a resume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you let's talk about your game. Um, so you mentioned that when you started playing golf, you know, you were athletic and picking up from baseball and softball, you were able to hit the ball pretty far. Um, but mm -hmm. how would you characterize your game? What, what through the years and some of these huge wins that you've had, what are some of the strengths of your game? Uh, well, I've always been a, a good driver of the golf ball, very accurate, pretty far. Uh, pretty strong iron player. I, I, I find that I just, you know, at that stretch, I never really got in a lot of trouble. So that helped me, you know, score well. Um, I can't really say I was super great at any one thing because it does take a complete game. Uh, that's probably what I was more consistent with, just being always being there right in it with solid shots. Yeah. How would, the, yeah. how would you, you know, obviously playing golf in competitive golf in tournaments, a big component of it is confidence, self-belief <laughs> and, you know, mental toughness and, and how one manages nerves. How, you know, with some of these big tournaments that you face when you're going into that last round or coming down the last nine holes, uh, how would you characterize how you manage that, you know, on the mental part of golf? Yeah, that's a challenge for everybody not to get ahead of yourself. Um, you know, we, I follow that same phrase, just stay focused on the one shot at hand. Um, try not to dwell on things in the past or what you'd like to do. Um, obviously we'd like to make birdies everywhere. Uh, it's just focusing on the one shot. And, you know, when you're playing well, you do that. It's it's very easy to stay in the moment. Um, but, you know, playing well does help that. I'm sure I've had times when I wasn't playing well, I was a little bit more in trouble here and there. And um, I think it does bother everybody's concentration when you get into those tricky spots. But we all have to find a way to stay in the moment and get out of those areas. But I think I've just been overall con a consistent player throughout my career. 
And that's, yeah. that's been the best part of my game. Yeah. And so um, let's switch over to the teaching side. You've been at Sagamore Golf uh, for quite some time, what, since 2009 or 2010. Is that right? Yeah, 2009. Uh, that was the first season, which was uh, the start of it all. And it was really just to do instruction there. Uh, at the big practice center they have. Uh, it, it's really given me an opportunity to help people enjoy the game of golf more, which is which is a lot of fun to, to you know, know that you can help people and they walk away feeling like they, they have some tools to work with um, and a better understanding of how to play the game better and, get, and make improvements. Yeah. So this is, I, I know Sagamore's got a few locations. You're, you're <laughs> teaching at the lo- large location out in Hampton? Northampton. Yeah, they uh, they have the Sagamore Hampton Golf Course, which is a mile uh, across the road. Uh, I'm at the big practice range center, and then they have another course in Massachusetts, Sagamore Springs. Um, I do believe that was the original start of Sagamore, the Sagamore Company. Um, yeah. With the, um, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of golf in the area on the seacoast area. There's a lot of golf courses around I mean we we are in a really strong area for golf so people do come to the, our range we do stay open year round we have 16 heated bays there so we're you know you can keep your game going during the winter time um but in my opinion it's much more fun to play in 80 degree weather <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there but I'll say as one of the um one of the hardcore golfers who appreciates getting some swings in in January on a cold day. It's nice to have Sagamore available with some heat, some heat over your head to at least try to stay loose a little bit in the wintertime. Yes. Have you been there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And are you, do you do lessons year round? Yes, I do. Um, It does slow down. I I would say between the holidays are usually slower. Um, A lot of it is just depending on the weather. Um, some people, you know, they keep their hand at it all year long. Uh, you know, if people want to come and keep working, you know, I'm right there for them. So we just keep going. Nice. Let's talk about what's one of the things I'm asking guests on the show is what's in the bag. So what are you, what are you currently playing? Let's start with driver and just walk me through what clubs you've got right now. Yeah, I have the new Tylus driver, uh, the TSR which is um, a great club. Just absolutely love it. Fell in love with it when I when I demoed it down at the uh, teaching professional championship down in Kingsmill. Um, they always give us an opportunity to try them out and demo them there um, and just love the numbers. So I had to put that in the bag. I've, I've been playing Titleist equipment for quite a while now. I have a, a Titleist um, a 915 three-wood that's been in the bag for quite a while. And the same thing with a, high, a couple of hybrids that I switch in and out, 915 hybrids. Um, I have Tylus irons. Uh, I think I got a, a split set this time. I got uh, T300s in the longer clubs and the AP3s in the lower club. Um, so I've had to switch my clubs around this year because of hand surgery and hand injuries, um, which has been a little troubling but it's all working now play Voki wedges um this year i switched to a an even roll putter which seems to be working out very well but i think 
in the past, I played uh, Odyssey putters for quite a while. Yeah. And what do you play for a ball? Absolutely Titleist all the way. Titleist Pro V1X. Um, it's a great ball. Very consistent. I think all the Titleist balls are, are a great choice. Um, there's some other good balls, but um, I think I think they're it's a great ball. Yeah. And how do you mark your ball? Uh, I have this fluorescent orange marker that I just kind of make a big wide swipe across the number so no one will hit my ball and I will <laughs> not hit this ball. It's amazing how that happens on occasion. Right. <laughs> I, I think the main reason is is uh, my husband used to caddy for me and I used to put a little dot on it and he could never see the dot. So the dot got bigger. The, the the dots got multiple dots so i now i just kind of put a big swipe across it so you can't miss it <laughs> i like it um and it sounds like you're still actively competing and playing in tournaments yes i uh qualified for the senior senior women's open this year uh i qualified for the lpga senior championship this year and I did play in the LPJ Professional Championship down at Kings Mill this year. Those are our three major events for seniors. Um, and um, I didn't have the success I would have liked, but it was, it was certainly great to, to play in those. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll continue as long as I play well. Yeah. Um, this next round I call gimmies. These are short little questions. Uh, sure. First up, do you have a favorite course in New Hampshire? Yeah, Portsmouth Country Club is right up there. Um, it's a blast to play. Um, every hole challenges you. You know, being uh, near the water with wind and weather, uh, that's always a challenge. Uh, there's there's a lot of great courses in New Hampshire, Golf Club of New England. I mean, I, I could probably list a dozen of them, but there's a lot of great go golf courses um, in New Hampshire that I I just love to play. I think any golf course is fun to play. <laughs> I hear you. Um, do you have a favorite club in the bag right now? Um, definitely the driver. Yeah. It's been super consistent and that's been uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, my wedges are great. Now, did, driver, did I on your driver and you mentioned you hit it um, pretty long and pretty straight. Did I, yeah. I was reading somewhere. I just want to make sure that I got this right. That you had a, I don't know if this was in a competition, but you had a long drive of 326 yards. Yes, that is true. I was much younger then, though. <laughs> um, yeah, they were, uh, this was before uh, the long drive had a women's division, you know, the long, the national one. Uh, they were just kind of starting out with some of those long drive contests. I think it was called the Remax. Uh, long drive concept contest when it first started. Um, and I, I just, they ha had it in Nashua or Hudson, New Hampshire, where Green Meadow was. And they set it up and I went down there and I really was swinging well. And um, it, there was a benefit of getting a lot of roll because I do believe it was 280 in the air with, you know, a good 50 yard roll. Um, I would say back then I was probably hitting at 270 on average. Um, you know, I don't normally swing for the fences. Uh, it just, once you start playing competitive golf, you kind of dial that back a little bit. 
Well, that's a 326. That's things in my dreams only. Um, that, that was a fun moment. Yeah, I bet. All right. So this next one's multiple choice. Um, you get to choose between just hammering a long drive, flushing a mid iron, say a five or six iron, or draining a long putt. Which of those are you going to take? Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the iron shot. I think it's very satisfying to hit a good solid iron, getting it close to the green. Um, uh, that's really, really a satisfying shot. Drives are great. Um, thinking putts are obviously great, but I, I do take a lot of pride in hitting good irons right close to the flag. Um, it, it makes a difference in the game of golf. Yeah. Well said. Um, looking to the PGA and LPGA tours, are there some current players that you like to follow? Yeah, the PGA is is pretty exciting. Some of those guys are so talented. I can't really say any one, but there's so many good ones. Um, you know, they all have their moments. They're all they're all pretty impressive. I, I, I maybe Rory McIlroy is probably right up there. Uh, he's just so technically sound in his swing. It's just a joy to watch that. Yeah. Uh, but I also watch, you know, people from the past that really invented their golf swings out of just trial and error. They were not cookie cutters. And those guys were so much fun to watch, too. Um, so, I mean, I, I really am, take a lot of pride in people that can do it technically solid. Uh, but I, um, there's a lot of good players. I can't really say anyone on both, both tours. They're yeah. both fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. It does seem like we're in an era where there's just incredible talent. And then yeah. every couple of years with the next wave of college kids getting onto the tours on both of them, they're just this, just chalk filled with really great players right now. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their training and the information they have at such an early start in their careers are just uh, just invaluable to them. You put any athletic ability on there and desire, uh, it, it's special. Yeah. And then uh, last question here in this gimme round, um, bucket list courses. You've obviously, your your playing years and all these tournaments, you've gotten to play some really special courses, but what maybe there's a couple courses out there that you've not yet played that you'd love to play. What would be on your list? Yeah, that Bandon, Bandon Dunes is one of them. Um, you know, since I'm out there, might as well hit Pebble Beach. Those two, those two would be good. Um, just haven't had the opportunity to be there to to do those yet. Yeah, but that would be a fantastic West Coast swing. <laughs> yes, kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Um, so, you you picked up golf a little bit, as you noted, a little bit later than when a lot of people who have had your level of success start. You get the bug early, and then. Mm -hmm. And, and you've had this tremendous career with some really impressive victories, uh, many years now teaching lots of people to enjoy the game and get better at it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some, there's something very unique and special about golf that draws us to it. What is it about the game of golf that you love so much? There's nothing like a solid hit shot, uh, struck shot. Um, it, it gives you such an incredibly good feeling. Um and the fact that we can get that feeling and and play out in a beautiful atmosphere, uh, you know, it, it can be competitive, it can be fun, it's pretty, and it's very satisfying when you do it well. 
I, I think that's the appeal for everybody. I mean, it, it covers, you get exercise, you get competition, you get camaraderie and sociability. Uh, it covers so many things. Um, I, I just don't understand people that don't like golf. I mean, I know it's frustrating when we don't do it well, because that's the flip side when, when it doesn't feel well. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Laura. I really enjoyed this. It was great talking with you and I appreciate you coming on the show. Great. Glad to be here. Thank you, Micah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and share it with your friends. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and LGLG. LG.